Hey everybody, welcome back to the Play Well Podcast. Um, today we actually have a special episode. Normally we do our interviews that we post here for you guys. Um, we have talked for a while about mixing things up and uh, today we're going to do just that. Um, those of you who are in New York and have been to a lot of our stuff, you know that we put on an event called the Games Debate Club. We've actually only done it twice. Um, but it's kind of, uh, um, kind of near and dear to me, something that I really, uh, enjoy doing. Uh, the idea was actually based on a, a different event that my brother used to put on out here called the design debate club that used to get quite a large audience. And, you know, I had thought to myself, well, if there's any audience that is passionate about what they love and what they do, it's, uh, it's gamers. So we decided to try it with, uh, video games as well. Um, the first one we did was, uh, the debate was boss fights are dead and we had a really great time doing that. Um, and a lot of the people that came to that actually have become you know, strong parts of our community. So we like to do these as a way of building out our local community and kind of talking about uh, games in, a, in an educated way. So a little bit of uh, context into how the debates are structured and what we do. Um, it's set up as an Oxford style debate. Uh, the way that that works is that there are two teams um, that represent like panels for each side and then there's a moderator. Uh, and um, each team has to argue either for or against a motion that is put forth. So like I said, we did one for uh, under the motion that boss fights are dead. This one that we did uh, recently that we're sharing with you today was uh, local multiplayer is the purest form of multiplayer gaming. Now, I'm sure that when you hear that, you're filling up with all kinds of ideas and arguments or you might think it's a ridiculous you know notion you might think it's an interesting notion that's the point it's supposed to be a divisive topic it's supposed to be something that um, gets you fired up and makes you want to you know argue something and uh, put it out there so we we intentionally create these debate topics that might seem easily refutable or defensible um, by different viewpoints um, interestingly enough for for some background into the last one um, I went into the debate as part of the one of the panels uh, arguing for the motion that boss fights are dead. And while I went into the debate assuming that pe that people would not agree with the motion, uh, we actually won the debate. Uh, we swayed the the uh, audience to to buy our arguments a lot more than we expected. Uh, even though it's not something that I actually believe wholeheartedly. Um, anyway, so that gives you some kind of context in, in, in how it's set up. Um, the purpose of this style of debate, the Oxford style debate, is not to um, basically vote based on what people think and what their actual opinions are, but it's, it's scored essentially based on sway. So we take uh, the, the tally of the votes at the beginning of the debate before any debating happens, and then at the end of the debate, we tally up the votes based on which side the audience thought was more persuasive. And that's, you know, whichever side has more sway is the side that wins the debate. So that's a little bit of uh, how that's scored. Uh, there's opening statements, there's a middle round where the debating goes back and forth, and then there's a closing statement round. Uh, we like to, before the closing statements, we generally like to invite people up to place their own arguments and uh, say, what, say what it is that they think um, they would vote for on either side, just to get some audience involvement. So... We're going to share that with you today. Uh, so once again, this is the Games Debate Club from last week. The motion to be debated is multiplayer, local multiplayer gaming is the purest form of multiplayer gaming. Uh, this one ended up getting a little bit serious in points, um, but in a really interesting way. Um, 
arguing uh, for and against the motion are mostly local game makers, educators, professionals. Um, some of them you might recognize uh, if you're in New York City. Others, if you're not around here, you may not recognize, but very smart people. Anyway, so without further ado, this is uh, Games Debate Club number two. Uh, my name is Dylan McKenzie. I'm the incubator director at, at the NYU Game Center, where Diego was. And um, I spend my time uh, programming lectures and running our incubator and trying to um, help people make games in New York City. I'm John Canaccioli. Uh, I co-run with uh, Preston, uh, a small development studio, Wabi Arcade. Uh, we're working on our first title. And I also teach game design development at Playwell. Uh, I'm Joe DeSimone. I am a Playwell super fan uh, <laughs> for work. I am managing editor at a tabletop role-playing game company called Scrivent. Awesome. And I'm Colin. I am the founder, along with Chris, my co-founder of Playwell. Uh, we run a podcast. We do classes. We do weird events uh, like debates over video game topics. Um, so we're really glad to have you guys here. So I've got this microphone. I'm going to pass it back and forth because we're actually going to record this and release it as one of our podcast episodes. Sound good? Sound good? All right, cool. All right, so let's get started. The motion to be debated tonight is um, about multiplayer games, and we are arguing that local multiplayer is the purest form of multiplayer gaming. So a little bit of concern has been brought up about making sure we define what local multiplayer is. So I'm going to try to define it in a way that's not too restrictive, but mainly what we mean local multiplayer game is a game where you play locally with people around you. Um, we will allow for things like LAN parties or connecting Xboxes to play something like uh, you know, the original Halo or something. But the restraint would be that you are in the same room with somebody playing the same game, uh, competing or collaborating. Either is fine. Um, how does that sound? Does that make sense, guys? Uh, explicitly competing or collaborating? Yeah. Competing or collaborating, yes. Co-op or competitive is totally fine. Great. So we will go ahead and start on the outsides. We'll go Joe, and then Diego will make his opening argument, and then John and Dylan. How's that sound? Sounds and we'll good. give you guys about a minute. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. All right, Joe. Uh, I'll keep this short because I want to get to the meat of this. Uh, my main position is that uh, multiplayer from a networking perspective rather than purely local is additive rather than subtractive and that largely the nostalgia factor that we have attached to local multiplayer is a function of bad technology rather than any purity of form um, and that the ability to move past that will allow us to embrace what is truly best about multiplayer, uh, which is the ability to work with people around you, whether or not they are physically around you. Okay, awesome. That's Joe DeSimone arguing against the motion. Light round of applause. <laughs> All right, Diego. Yeah, um, I'll keep mine brief as well. Um, I am basically going to argue the exact opposite, I think. Um, <laughs> I think that when we talk about purity, we're talking about the sort of undiluted, um, most uh, sort of essential points of playing a game with other people. And I think that, um, you know, the ability to um, feel and hear someone's reaction immediately uh, around you, to see their face uh, and their body react, uh, even if it's out of the corner of your eye, is sort of essential to... Uh, interacting with another person, even in a game space. Um, and I think that um, 
you know, technology aside, we're, we're like the second we go to that large scale and introduce things like networking, um, you're introducing just uh, hangups and, and uh, impurities, for lack of a better word, that will get in the way of the game experience. So we can talk more in detail about that in a second. Awesome. Okay, John Cortiolli. A uh, purist, as defined by dictionary.com, is, <laughs> is free from anything of a different, inferior, or contaminating kind. Uh, online doesn't, isn't inferior or contaminating at all. It's superior and not, not decontaminating, but it's, in, it's superior for sure. Uh, it, it allows for a global audience to be brought together, uh, especially in the 21st century where we do live in a global society, uh, and allows everyone to play as one global community. All right. Dylan McKenzie. Thanks for coming, everyone. Uh, <laughs> uh, distinguished guest, speaker. Uh, I, I would say my, my opening remarks are just kind of think, think back yourselves. Think back to the games that, that you've played. Um, it could be um, a sport that you played as a child or... Um, or a game that you played like, um, like GoldenEye or Mario Kart, or just think about your, your, your favorite gaming experience when there were other people involved. Not a single player game, but there were just other people involved. So just think about that for a second. And I imagine the game that you're thinking about probably has another person sitting next to you or somewhere in that room with you if it was in an arcade or a dorm or a bedroom. You may have had great experiences with online multiplayer games. They're, they're fantastic games, but I bet the games that you think are really the kind of the most pure form of, of multiplayer are games where you have another person there. That's what multiplayer is all about. Excellent. Okay, so we have a number of great uh, arguments to start with, and I think that a good place to unpack, uh, going into round two here, is to talk a little bit about the concept of kind of the pure experience um, and nostalgia. And so I'm actually gonna throw this over to your side, uh, can you guys speak to that, the nostalgic experience of playing locally with friends or family? Can Go I ahead, Joe, you got yeah, that? Yeah, sure, Thanks. Go for it. Um, so Dylan, I, I respect that that is your uh, experience uh, from childhood. I, however, had a drastically different experience. The most positive associations I have as a child were actually uh, in Ultima Online and in EverQuest. Um, and that was largely a function of my social anxiety as a child, where I actually never felt comfortable playing games around other people until much later on, really until college. It made me feel deeply alone in the presence of others, whereas I could play UO or EQ and eventually Star Wars Galaxies. Um, and I know those are all MMOs, but you know it's that's definitely not the, the full range of it. But for me, those were people who I got to know without having to worry about them criticizing me, which was my day-to-day -day experience as, as a, a human interacting in the world. Um, and so, you know, just, just on the nostalgia side, I, I personally have to disagree, though. Uh, I, I don't want to kind of throw this out there too soon, but um, I, I almost worry that when we debate this kind of thing, either here or otherwise, we fall back on nostalgia. And I don't know that there's a way forward through nostalgia. I'm never going to be able to convince you that your childhood memories of playing with people on a couch are wrong. And because, frankly, they're not. You're, they're your experiences. 
Um, and likewise, you're never going to be able to convince me that I had more fun playing GoldenEye with other people because I remember being playing GoldenEye and just just not being able to coordinate because I was worried that my body looked weird. Like, I, I had just horrible problems with local multiplayer when I was a kid. So, you know, I, I respect your, your side of it. Um, I hope you respect mine. All right, let's turn it over. Rebuttal. Hmm. <laughs> uh, does it have to be a, a, my rebuttal, or is it a is it a group, team, team is rebuttal? It team yeah, rebuttal? You guys can come in together. Yeah. Um, well, I would say I think I think I'll turn to David, but real quickly, I would say I don't think it's not it's not a question about uh, respect. It's a question of purity, right? Like it's not it's not about what do you like better, what is better, what's nostalgic, what's not. The question that we're debating is like what is a what is what is pure about it. What is undiluted about it, um, and I think that's the, you know the, the the simple fact that there are the the multiplayer. There's multiple people um, that you can see the person that you experience something with the person. It's it's not there's there, we're not measuring these experiences. We're just talking about whether or not the, the experience that you're having is is an unmediated, unencumbered experience of playing with another person. Yeah, and and I just want to say to the nostalgia point. Um, I, uh, at the age of 28, uh, currently, um, am I 29? Anyway, <laughs> I, uh, maybe that hurts my argument. I, um, I play uh, a local multiplayer game called Killer Queen every week at the, at the uh, NYU Game Center. It's a five versus five game, and this uh, like beautiful, loving community has sprung up in New York as a result of this game. And, and I've played online games. I played a lot of StarCraft when I was younger. Uh, I played a lot of like chat room role-playing games, if those count. Um, uh, and I don't remember anyone that I ever played those games with. Um, but, but I can say of the other teams that uh, are my enemies every Friday, uh, I know that Tiana makes really good Dandan noodles from our potluck <laughs> tournaments. I know that Brian Kang likes, uh, is writing articles for um, Kotaku and whatever outlets he can get to. Uh, and this is like my, my rival in the game. Um, you know, I know, um, I know, like that. Kevin um, loves hot pot. You know, like all these things that I, I would never learn about someone just from uh, being around them and interacting with them every week. And also, uh, I kind of get a sense of their personalities based on the way they walk away from the cabinet when the game is done. And I think that um, if you want to step away from the actual purity of the game experience and talk about the experience of connecting with a person. Um, I feel like I've learned so much about the, the 60 people that I see every week around this one local multiplayer game, so. So uh, I know you talked about uh, uh, being friends with uh, the people you're playing with. Well, when I went away to school, a lot of, uh, most of my friends were on the East Coast and I, for quite a bit of time was uh, over in Hong Kong and it ruined all of our Dungeon and Dragon sessions. So we played uh, Roll20, which we then played online and only online. Um, and we were able to have this wonderful experience of all being able to sit around, looking at the same maps and playing this game together. And we could only do it online because we were literally on the other side of the globe from each other. Um, and, and just... Uh, so I think what you're, you're kind of talking about is, you know, what I'll call the, the qualia of, um, of multiplayer, I mean, of, of cooperation, competitive, of being around another person. And, you know, we have a lot of evidence that says, yes, this is a stronger experience from a psychological standpoint when you are in the presence of another person. And, you know, looking back, that's definitely more true, but... 
But, you know, I want to step away from the past for a moment and and kind of look forward. And what are the things that create this strong experience that, you know, for you is so memorable that you get to know these people? Um, And, you know, I'll, I'll say, I remember a lot of the people I played with online, frankly. I remember probably way more details about them than I remember details of the kids I went to school with. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. Really, you know, if we're going to say that what makes multiplayer pure is what we get from other people in playing it. I mean, you know, multi versus single. Like, that's, that's the core of it. Um, why is that necessarily restricted to physical presence? And is that merely a contemporary thing or is it something that will be static throughout time? Will telepresence never get to the point where you can internalize the same level of care, uh, be it for a friendly player or for a rival, um, that you might experience today in person? Um, I, I don't think that is the case. I don't think this is a static thing. I think we're actually starting to see a lot of evidence that it's not. Um, but more than that, I actually think that a lot of the the great games, you know, I'll, I'll use the example of Pokemon Go because it's the most present one right now. Pokemon Go actually violates um, the the definition of multiplayer that Colin set out at the beginning, except in gyms. Pokemon Go is largely a single-player game that you play in the presence of other people. Um, It is neither competitive nor cooperative outside of gyms. Um, It is accidentally so at certain times, but that is not a core mechanic of the game, and it doesn't seem to be part of what really makes people addicted. Um, People seem to be addicted, and this is distinctly different from Ingress, which, you know, Niantic made first, and, you know, Ingress was this thing, I, I don't know if anyone knows, uh, the company that made Pokemon Go is called Niantic. They worked with the Pokemon company to do so. They previously created a game called Ingress while they were owned, I believe, by Google, um, which is a worldwide game that essentially used the same map that Pokemon Go is based on. Anyway, I, I'll, I'll cut through the history lesson there. Um, in Ingress, a big part of it was controlling points. And so that was inherently this competitive thing. In Pokemon Go, that's not the case. In Pokemon Go, you're playing to catch Pokemon, but you're not catching someone else's Pokemon. You're not hampering someone else by catching Pokemon. The only way that you do that is in two distinct points, lures and gyms. And as far as I've seen so far, those don't seem to be the focal points of the game, and yet people are treating this like an incredibly immersive game. Um, anyway, I'm sorry, I went way too long on that, so I'm gonna pass it over. So let me ask this question and put this to, the, to both teams. Um, in in terms of the um, intent of the the creation of Pokemon Go, there might be a, de- a debate that could happen there as to whether or not uh, the multiplayer experience being co- co- you know cooperative or not cooperative, just simply existing together and having that blissful experience. Some might argue that that could be a, a mechanic of the game, or that that was designed as as, as a motivation for the game. So um, I would actually put that to you guys. Um, how would a game like Pokemon Go, you know, can that be considered a multiplayer game? Um, and if it is, I mean, obviously, kind of breaking my definition. How does how do you justify that in the in the context of that pure multiplayer experience? How do you justify Pokemon Go? And yeah, so okay, I guess in terms of, I think Pokemon Go is a great example in favor of local multiplayer being the 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 
the purest form of multiplayer. Um, I think from its start, you know, from Ingress, like the whole the point of that game was to actually help people map out space. The people that started that company founded Google Earth, and the idea was, well, let's send people physically out into the world and go find locations, go find places in your neighborhood, and and identify them. So even in the roots of Pokemon Go, you have something that's about taking people and bringing them into specific places and bringing them to relationship with the environment around them. But then as you continue talking about, you know, kind of what's important about the game, um, the thing that people like, like look at the way people are talking about it. The, we, the, some, somebody crashed their car the other day, and that's a news story. Like, that's very local. The guy ran into a tree. Like, that's the, the and we like seeing, we like seeing people not just like playing the game themselves, but we like the pictures of people in the park, you know, all next to each other playing a game. And it doesn't really matter that, that they're not playing on the same object in the game. The, the thing that we're really, that's, that's delightful about it is that all of these people have been brought together to, to be around each other and to, and to see someone like try to catch a Bulbasaur. Like that, the joy of watching this absurd experiment of people together playing Pokemon Go, I think is a, is a, is a case for that's what's exciting about it. If, it. if it was just a game that you played by yourself, it was Two Dots or, or Candy Crush, that's also a phenomenon, that's also an exciting game, but it doesn't have that same cultural uh, you know, kind of faddishness that like news channels are reporting on it in a way that um, you know two dots does or something like that. So, and I and I hesitate to push this argument too much further because then I feel like I'm breaking the definition that I set from the beginning, which would be a, essentially an unfair way to approach the debate. Um, so, what if we bring this back? So, let me ask this question, and then I'll put this back out. Um, let's talk about accessibility. Um, because I think accessibility is probably the largest argument you could make in favor of uh, online multiplayer, you know, distributed multiplayer experiences, people having access to games versus the limitations of, of uh, multiplayer games. In the face of a lack of accessibility, how is a local multiplayer experience yet still more uh, pure and more engaging than per you know, perhaps a distributed multiplayer experience? I'll put it out to either side to start. You want to take it? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> um, I have a thought, too. If you're, what's your why don't you start? Okay. Um, I, I think accessibility and purity are different different topics. I think basically, I think it just, it's, it's um, there's no doubt that accessibility is a, is a huge benefit. Like, being able to connect to different people, like, the, the kinds of games that are afforded by network multiplayer, like, that's a totally separate argument. If it was, like, do I like lo local multiplayer or, multi or network multiplayer games better? I might be sitting on that side of the table, maybe. But th so the question is is is, is purity. Um, I think, like for example, um, long-term relationships or long-distance relationships. Like anyone who's who's had a long-distance relationship, even over the course of a week or something like that. Like sure, it's it's great. You you um, you you or if you even if you met online, you get you you get to meet more people. There's a larger pool of people. Or if you're if you're dating over distance, you still get to stay in contact. You used to meet the person. Even if we were in VR, that would be even better than if we were in person. But it's not going to be as good as when that person comes home and you can give them a hug, right? Like that's like, oh, finally this person is back. Like that's what local multiplayer is like. Is like when you're. It's it's the difference between dating a person in person and dating a person online. It's great that that, that, that can happen and that's accessible to us. But the pure human relationship is something that's that's that is local. That's that's in person. Okay. Yeah, and and I would just say that. Um, you know, I think that uh, even though it, it can sometimes provide uh, require a little effort to get people in the same space, uh, 
and to to like go through whatever minor hookup it takes to connect a controller. Um, from that point on, you have the most visceral, uninterrupted game experience that you can possibly have, right? You're not dealing with things like matchmaking, uh, griefing players that uh, are just deciding that they're going to shoot at the sky. You're not dealing with... Um, you know, lag. Uh, even just, if we wanted to talk about, um, earlier you, you said that like technology isn't a contaminant, so the internet isn't a contaminant. Um, but we do have this thing called toxic communities. And, and toxic is, it sounds pretty contaminated to me. And they're a huge problem in, in online gaming. Um, and I think, um, and, and, I, and to the point about the future and, and what technology will do, um, uh, regardless of whether or not we should even be talking about the future, because I think the present is, is really where we are and what we should be talking about. Um, I don't think it'll ever get to the place where uh, I can feel what I feel when I shake the hand of my opponent when the game is done. Uh, I don't think there's a lack of accessibility in 21st century with, uh, with online play. Uh, internet's everywhere. And I know like there are remote regions where it's not necessarily. Uh, Every day it gets better. And some places where it's not there right now, uh, there are connections at either cafes or just free places to do it. Um, or even on phones, if you look at, there's, um, there's some African countries which totally skipped over the entire uh, uh, computer generation for games and they went right to mobile. And now they, they completely developed for mobile if you look at, into some African de uh, developers. Okay, uh, um, so this might be a, a little, Gritty. Um, so I think I think we've been we've been talking about accessibility from a standpoint of accessibility to the internet, which I don't think is the only form of accessibility that there is, and it isn't actually the most important form of accessibility. The most important form of accessibility is accessibility to like-minded individuals, um, people who you can feel the connection with, which makes at least to you um, the the experience of local multiplayer the most pure. Um, so sure, maybe telepresence doesn't isn't gonna get there. You're right, we can't talk about the future. What we can talk about is the now. And the now has one very big thing. You know, The other side of toxic communities is that, well, we've actually built very strong silos. And though I may not love that from a news reporting standpoint, one of the great things about silos is that they're fundamentally made up of like-minded people. And they're not possible unless you have enough of them. We're now at a point, probably the first point in history, where you can find like-minded people instead of simply pretending you're like the people around you. The internet has enabled us to form connections with individuals who we would have never met and who are closer to us in mentality, in opinion, and in what we love and who we want to be than we would ever have the ability to experience before. And if that is truly the best good of local multiplayer, the internet has it beat on scale. Okay. So what if we uh, level the playing field and, yeah. You don't want to respond. Okay, great. Let's, let's take the rebuttal. Yeah, let's take the rebuttal. I, I mean, I'll, I, I'm not saying that I would rather play games with people that are um, actively going to berate me or, or hurt my feelings or make me feel alienated, but I definitely am not interested in only playing games that feel, the, only playing games with people who feel the same way as I do anyway. And, um, you know, like, I don't know. I just don't think that uh, forming half of a connection with someone who's just like me on the internet is as meaningful as forming a real connection with someone who I may disagree with on certain things. Great. 
So then just to kind of level the playing field a little bit, what if we approach this as though, you know, we get into a multiplayer environment and everybody's complete strangers and you don't get to pick who you're with? What's the more pure experience? Who wants to take that first? I can. Well, sorry. So, 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 I'm trying to agree to that. So, so, so. so, No, 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 I'm kidding. Just just repeat it again. I didn't want to take it before I. No, 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 you're good. No, we we can take our time. (laughs) Um, Multiplayer experience, level playing field, everybody's complete strangers, uh, and you don't pick who you're playing with. Is that a question? So the question is, the question is, can you argue um, if an online uh, experience in that context versus uh, an in-person experience in that context would be the more pure multiplayer? Can we assume none are serial killers? We can assume that we can assume that all people are good-natured and going to not harm you emotionally or physically. Okay. Yeah. Know, I'm going to assume that some people are awful. I'll grant you the toxic communities argument, and I'd actually say that in that case local multiplayer is more pure. I just say that is never a real case. Um, can I? I don't agree. Uh, can I actually add to that? Yeah. Uh, I would say, if anything, with, with the toxic community, though, I think online would actually be a little more pure because there are now filters being built into games that uh, you know people in like GTA Online, you can be labeled as a bad sport and be only put on the bad sport servers with other bad sports, right? So <laughs> suddenly you're playing with people who maybe aren't jerks versus, you know, <laughs> Uh, growing up as a little brother, I was always Luigi, and I would win. And there we go. There's all the little brothers there. And I couldn't get away from being Luigi, and I couldn't get away from being yelled at when I beat him. Online, I can just mute him, and I'm done. So I think there's a lot less toxicity and a lot more purity in online play. I think break the rules and just say I'm the youngest of four, and I consider getting a Tails tattoo for a long time. <laughs> I didn't do it. I also like that John made that argument he's wearing green. (laughs) (laughs) It sticks. (laughs) Gentlemen, rebuttal? I've got a half idea that I can articulate, unless you've got something. Uh, All right, I'll... So, I think I agree that that's just not a... That's that's sort of a... It's a little too theoretical. It's like, oh, you're not going to know anyone. There's no situation where you're going to be randomly generated people um, playing together is is very very rare, but but I'm thinking of, of it's 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 possible, but but it's more likely that you're going to be in a scenario where you where you know some amount of the people, you have some kind of bond. So um, this weekend in Las Vegas is Evo, it's a fighting game tournament. It's um, Super Smash Brothers and and Street Fighter and Tekken and all those kinds of games, and um, it's, anyone can enter the Evo bracket. So you don't have to be a professional player. Diego and all five of us, we could walk into Evo and we could sign up. And the first person that we might play could be Daigo, the you know the, one of the most dominant players in the whole world. And he could just clean the floor with us in the first round. And so there is a, a very egalitarian experience of of what Evo is like. Um, and you don't know who you're going to play against. People come from all over the world. You could be sitting next to a Japanese guy and a Korean girl, and you're from Nevada, whatever it is. So you're 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 presented this kind of like, okay, we're all here to play this game, but we don't really know each other. It's sort of similar to this scenario, and that um, I guess this is going to be tough because I'm going to make a you had to be there argument, but but um, that room has such a feeling of of kind of communal um, conviviality of just kind of like everyone. There's a lot of hugs. Of, of strangers, and there's a lot of that feeling where you're just like, oh man, we're all here and we're all doing this thing together, and isn't this amazing? And it just totally breaks down the barriers uh, from these different people because you're, you're, you're together playing those, that game. And then if you look at the chat, it is terrible. 
It's so bad. The people that, have, that are playing this game are complaining about netcode, and they're, they're calling each other racial slurs, and it's just, it's just it's the worst place. But in that room, it is one of the best places in the world. It's like church versus like some terrible like circle of hell. Um, and the difference is, in a lot of ways, the difference between local and, and, multi, and, uh, and networked. Yeah, and I, I just want to say, um, to your point about uh, toxic communities almost never being the case, I, I just have to totally disagree. I think toxic communities and toxic behavior specifically uh, are a huge problem. And, and I've had the experience where I've spent, uh, it's, I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit that I spent five hours building a wooden castle one day in, my, in Minecraft, uh, only to have someone burn it down and immediately log off. And, 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 and to be honest, like it was kind of funny. I'm kind of OK with someone burning down my castle. But if somebody's going to burn down my castle, I'd at least like them to be there so that I can say, what the hell, and we can, and we can laugh it off, and then we can go get a drink together. <laughs> I wish I could get your castle. Uh, we can we can check the recording of this later. And and if I said that toxic communities are are, are rarely or, or almost never the case, I am very sorry. That's not a thing I remember saying. It's not a thing that I believe. I believe toxic communities are a very 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 real problem, and we need to seriously investigate how to deal with them uh, across genres of games. Because I think probably in different types of games, you're going to have different methods that work. Um, my argument really boils down to, and, and this is something that I, I've kind of heard the other side of more and more, is toxic communities are a use of a thing. Toxic communities are not the thing. That we haven't figured out how to address it. Like, here's, here's, here's a, a separate but connected example. Is the posting space after an article an inherently bad thing because it is most often used negatively? Or is it simply because we haven't acculturated people to how to use it possibly? Does the internet make us bad? Or are we currently bad on the internet? Because I don't think it makes us bad. If, if that's the case, we are doomed. Because there is no way we're stepping back from the internet. It's just gonna get more and more pervasive and we're just gonna get awful. We're just gonna get so much more awful than we can even imagine and we're already pretty bad. <laughs> like, I, I think we're conflating two very different things here. And I, I, you know, I'll, I'll let you retort. I, I can see you already want to. Um, but I, I just want to throw that out there, that at least from where I'm standing, that we've used this thing badly doesn't mean that it is impure, doesn't mean that it is necessarily bad. It just means that we haven't figured out how to be adults on it yet. <laughs> I think that's an interesting point. I don't think it's totally invalid, but I, I would say that when you're talking about people using a thing, especially when you're talking about games, you can't divorce the two because um, just today I was teaching my, my high schoolers that what we call like the formal elements of games. We were listing like the essential building blocks of building a game. And the first thing we listed is players. And the players are the people that use the game. And when we talk about toxic communities, we might be talking about people talking about the game online, on a forum, whatever. But in many cases, we're talking about the people actually playing the game and the way they interact with each other playing that game. And so while I may agree that the internet doesn't inherently make us bad, I'm still, I still would argue that uh, a, a huge problem and a big detractor from the purity of the gaming experience when playing in a networked environment is that you're going to run into these people that are mean-spirited or they're uh, spoil sports, as we would call them in a game studies class. Yeah. Um, let's, let's keep going. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> 
So the, kind of the final point that I want to get at, and then we'll go to the closing arguments, but the final point I want to get at is uh, presence. Uh, you know, I think we hear a lot now, the more that technology uh, develops, uh, as we've seen obviously with Pokemon Go, augmented reality, we're talking a lot about presence, um, and obviously in VR, part of what drives VR as an experience is presence. This presence is essentially trying to mimic human experiences. Uh, the question is, that I want to pose to both sides, is that... Um, our game's going to get to the point to where the benefits from a, a distributed multiplayer experience um, can be introduced and the technology will be able to match that, or are we, will we always be struggling to recreate that truly in-person experience of, of real human presence? I will uh, start over on this side. Gentlemen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think that the human presence necessarily will add to the experience. I mean, I guess it, it, it can, but the purity of the gameplay is in the gameplay. You know, the, the game played online, uh, I think can be the purest, or is the purest experience uh, free of uh, complete distractions. Now you can, you can have those, uh, those moments with your other teammates. You can turn on your mic, you can turn on your headphones, you can listen to them, you can communicate with them. Um, if you really want to, you can have video chat. I think like the, the Xbox One has weird split-screen stuff you can do. You can have those experiences, and you can have a face-to-face -face interaction with these other players. Or you can not, and you can just focus on the game and the gameplay. I think that's, that's the pure experience that we should have and have a choice. And I think VR will also let us have that choice, will let us have that um, you can see the body language of these other players or not, and just completely focus on the game and not distract from the gameplay. So the gameplay experience is pure enough without human presence. Yeah, and if you want, sure, I'm sure VR could do full body scans and add some sort of other player presence, but I don't think it is necessary to the gameplay experience. The gameplay experience should be first and foremost, which is great online. Okay, and we are speaking to multiplayer specifically. Yeah. Okay. Joe. Before, could you just quickly reiterate the thrust of the question? So, so I guess what I'm getting at is that th th we, are, we are developing a greater capability for actual presence through technology, whether or not, and, and in a large sense, that largely being simulated. So let's just take VR, let's remove AR, let's take VR, simulated presence, um, becoming a bigger thing, um, as we develop this technology, are we going to be able to couple the benefits of a distributed experience? So I can play with people in China, I can play with people in Abu Dhabi, um, and the presence will get us to that point, thereby essentially getting that pure experience. Or the question is, is it, can we, or is there just not gonna be, I mean, I guess I'm not asking to predict the future, but, but that particular, function of like being with people having that you know camaraderie experience of playing a game together is that second to none like I, i'd like to hear kind of like arguments on both sides um do you guys mind uh, do we can do you want to take yeah uh sure uh i think that like what you're describing there like if we if we imagine the holodeck where you we have we have you can we can be right here and you're in hong kong and i'm here if we if that happens, then we won. Like then we all win. Like what you're describing is we've used technology to get to it's a point where yeah, that's, you've said, we'll use technology to get to get to the best case scenario, which is 
a local multiplayer experience. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's, that's what we're trying to get to is, and, 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 and sure, we're, we're going that way. Real-time chat was good, and voice chat was good, and video chat was good. Like, all these things are moving. VR is good. It's all getting us a little bit closer to a less mediated version of, of, of looking each other in the face or, or being around each other. So, and if that happens, if we can marry the, all the benefits of distributed multiplayer to all the joy of local multiplayer, then that's, the, that's so fantastic. But, it, but the, the, that's, a, that's a future question. Sure. And it's predicated on the idea that the thing that we want to be going towards is is local multiplayer. Excellent point. Okay. Jay. Um, so, I think that raises a really interesting point. What you just said about far in the future, if we actually have the holodeck, because I actually think then then it's it's neither local multiplayer nor distributed multiplayer. That the definitions collapse, and so we can't really consider that. Um, I think we have to deal with what are our current definitions of local multiplayer and what are not, and our, our current definitions have to do with physical presence rather than strong the strong form of telepresence. Um, I think the strong form of telepresence kind of goes toward the, the qualia argument that so long as you feel the person being there, they're as good as there. Um, so long as you can get to know them like they were in a geospatial physical location with you, that, that it's just as good. And I will agree that for probably a very large portion of the population today, we're just not there yet. Um, that said, I think that unlike the current definition of local multiplayer, if you get to that strong form of telepresence, there are a lot of benefits that we don't currently have. Um, actually, there's some really interesting work being done on the psychology of game development side about uh, how VR can be used to prime what's called trait empathy, basically the empathy that, that lasts for a long time rather than the empathy of seeing a cute dog or something. Um, and, and one of the big experiments that's been done that has really promising results is that if you put someone in a VR environment and you have them play as a group or a type of individual that they're prejudiced against, they actually, for a long period after, are no longer prejudiced against that type of person to the same degree. Um, and we're waiting to see how long that effect lasts. But maybe distributed multiplayer in a strong form of telepresence may be one of the answers to toxic communities. And, and, you know, obviously, this is far future, but this whole question is far future. I don't think there is a here and now version of this question necessarily. Um, but I think that the promise of the future is far more on the side of distributed VR, assuming that we can get things like low latency networks inside of every single game and every single home, which I don't know. I'm not a technologist. I'm not an engineer. Um, if we can... I think we're going to see far more benefits from distributed multiplayer than we are going to see from local multiplayer. We're just not there yet. Great. Anybody else? I'll take my stripes for asking a bad question on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded good at the time in my head, so. All right, so great, excellent, excellent. I think we got a lot of information, right? So we're going to go ahead and break away, um, and we're going to craft closing statements, and then each side, one of you will represent your team. You'll get a couple of minutes to craft your closing statement if you even need it. And then we will recast the votes. Um, those of you who didn't vote in the first round will ask you to not vote in the second round so as to not skew the results. Um, so hopefully plenty of you voted. Um, but great. Let's go ahead and break. Um, you guys, there's some space back there if you guys want to use back there. And you could also head up to the front or whatever. Um, let's say about 10 minutes. In the meantime, what we're going to do here. In the meantime, what we're going to do here is we are going to invite any of you, if you're willing, to come up. Pick a side that you want to craft an argument on. You can come up and I'll give you a minute to make your, to make your case, right? And if you can make a case, 
we'll, we'll take about six of you if you, if you can do it. And then uh, hopefully even on either side. And then uh, based on applause, we'll pick who had the best argument. And we've got, I think we've got like a gift card for whoever uh, wins. So if you're looking for... For whichever one person, yeah. Sorry, we're not that rich, so. So here's how we're going to do it. If you have an argument um, against the motion, come over on this side. Just come right up. If you have an argument for the motion, come over on this side. Um, the motion is local multiplayer is the purest form of multiplayer gaming. So if you disagree with that, come over here. Do we have no agree? Okay, we got one over here. Anybody else want to come up? Great. Okay, so um, let's take the first one right here. We'll go back and forth on either side. Uh, go ahead and come up to the microphone. State your name and uh, make your argument. Be careful not to hit that button, by the way. Um, hello, my name is Justin, and I'm going to be against the notion that local multiplayer is uh, the purest form. In fact, I think the exact opposite. I think uh, not, not local multiplayer, where everyone doesn't know each other, is the most purest form, because the game is created and centered around the mechanics. Why, when we talk about nostalgia and back in the day when people played together, it was because of technical limitations, number one. No, there was no internet back then. You couldn't connect to other people all the way before, but now you can. And also, if let's say I'm playing Super Mario with my brother, and, I can, and locally, I can reach over and slap him and make him lose. <laughs> it, it's not part of the game, unfortunately, but it, is, but it affects the game. It is outside the game, but it can affect the game. So it, sh it should not be part of the game in terms of mechanics. So when you bring it out into, a, into you know, when it's uh, in, into the internet, when no one can see each other, no one can affect each other negatively, it's purely about the mechanics and how the pieces in the game interact with each other and not how people interact with each other. Okay, great. Awesome. <laughs> okay, next up we have... Okay. Um, I think that's just a really narrow view of what gameplay is. To say gameplay is just mechanics is to define games and human beings who play games as just these um, immaterial, abstract things. Mechanics are a key part of games, but just as human beings are minds and bodies, I think the full essence of a game, which is after all human culture, it's not a mathematical abstraction, it involves the mind and the body. To me, the best, fullest, purest, if you like, form of, multi of games in some sense, is sports, team sports that have mental aspects and physical aspects. So I think that we shouldn't be so narrow in our definition of what a game is. It's not just mechanics, not just the mind. I think that there's been a divide in the past because of um, technology and um, other reasons and different traditions in game design, but if, if one of the great things we can look forward to you know, as technology evolves is the physical and the, men the, the mental, if you like, are coming together. You see that both in terms of the mental coming into the physical with mobile phones, like Pokemon Go, and you see the other direction where the physical or the virtual physical coming into the mental side with virtual reality. And I agree with the panelist who said that basically the fact that we're all trying to recreate that experience digitally is sort of the, a, a great proof that ultimately the purest, fullest experience has to engage the full human being, which is the body and the mind. Great, thank you. Alright, next up. Go State your name. Awesome. I'm Preston and I actually just camp here for a second beer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Alright. 
purest form of multiplayer, multiplayer, many players, game, gameplay, right? Purest form, uninhibited. So if you look at what an uninhibited multiplayer game is, it's one without limits, it's one without restrictions, artificial or otherwise. Look at MMO and compare that to multiplayer to a Mario Kart multiplayer game in your parents' basement, right? Like that's not even close. You're the uninhibited, the purest multiplayer experience is one that can bring the most players together to experience the same thing inside of a game. I would argue that all of those warm and fuzzy feelings you have for Mario Kart aren't because of the game you were playing. They're because there are people next to you, which is great, and that's absolutely true, but it's not a pure gameplay experience. I have a lot of great memories of land parties too, but they're about the friends I was hanging out with. It's about the stuff we did in the yard when we tried to build a human pyramid and it didn't work very well. Um, but they have nothing to do with the gameplay. The, the greatest multiplayer gameplay experiences I've had have been Overwatch with my brothers who live in Florida. They have been World of Warcraft with a clan of people, some of whom were in Iraq and deployed. Like, that's your pure multiplayer experience. It's not Parents' Basement because those are about people and we're talking about games. All right. Preston. State your name. Uh, my name is Thomas, or TJ, as some may know me. Um, I'm for local multiplayer gameplay, and I, I, can, cool. I, can, I can do it. You mind if I sit? Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Um, it's confident. So, no, no, no not, not so much because I'm confident. <laughs> um, the reason is just exactly what, what we were saying on, on this side when it comes to having a physical presence. So essentially, what I do, just to kind of give you guys, it may, it may be a cheat, but some of you guys may know it. I do this thing in New York called Date While You Wait where I connect with people in the subway and I have face-to-face -face interactions with them. And I think looking at what, how important that is and having face-to-face -face interaction with people and essentially playing a game with someone and being able to high-five them when they do something great, also being able to slap the shit out of them if that's something that you want to do. If, like, to, to me, that's a, that's a great experience um, in itself to be able to, to, to have a great emotion because of the person being here with you. So I totally get where you guys are coming from, but at the same time, uh, having someone in the, in the same presence as you, as you guys do something great, or as you guys are doing something that, that's not so great, is something that is, is very, very important because you have that human connection, you have the face-to-face -face connection. Um, and in my, in my research and doing what I do uh, in the subway and connecting with people, people really appreciate looking in your face and, and being thankful for having that experience with you. Whereas in an online experience, if you guys, for instance, I, I play a division with, with my boy Eric, uh, when, he's, when he's doing specific things, that pisses me off. All I can do is get mad at him and wait to get on his ass the, the following day. Um, <laughs> so I, I think having face-to-face -face interaction in a moment um, is very, very important because you can kind of figure out what next steps you need to take when it, when it comes for it. So that's essentially. Awesome. And I, don't, I don't think we have any more over here, so we're going to do our last one on this side. How's that sound? Sure. Okay, state your name and careful don't hit that button. That'll I'm sorry. Mute it. No, you're good. You're good. So um, I'm kind of indifferent, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to. Listen. Listen. Good, 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 good. Um, <laughs> you know what? No, no. Oh, no. Um, my name is Ralph. My name is Ralph, and um, I, um, I, I disagree only in the fact that I kind of think what this really is is kind of a kind of a, a phenomenon, um, because like like um like when you do look at cases like um like Killer Queen, like it's it's just a beautiful it, like it, it's context it, like it's. You kind of want that face to face. Like Killer Queen doesn't work in the, in the same way that I would say. Like, um, like uh, uh, what's that PS3 game? Um, uh, shoot, um, Uncharted. Uh, the, uh, the Uncharted uh, uh, multiplayer game. 
experience was just amazing. And just ha have, having like this ominous voice come from like in all the different cultures from different backgrounds. You know, when someone said something, it, it's like you resonate with them. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I feel your hate. I, I kind of hate you, but I love you. <laughs> but like, so, so I think it's context, and I think it's beautiful. And like, and when you say nostalgia. Nostalgia is, is is just like a systems layer. Like when, when like I don't know. I'm getting kind of nerdy with this, but like it, it, it's 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 a layer of the system that like that that's brought in as like as as a part of context, and it does work. So like I'm kind of for both, but but at the same time I disagree because because uh, like local doesn't always work, and 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 telepresence is kind of beautiful in and of itself. Awesome. And thank you. All right. So the five of you come right up front. We're gonna get. We'll probably take a picture of you. So oh look pretty. Look good. Look as good as you can. And then I'm gonna go ahead. Um, we'll start here on the end. Let's get a round of applause for for uh, arguing number one. Okay. If you feel this drink if you want, and we'll uh, close this up in a sec. I was like checking it like a million times because I was like we're gonna like get lose like half of it. It's just a light. That's all. It's just. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, I also think like the audio is like some of it is just like screaming sound, and then others it's like barely. So. All right. Cool. Um, Great, so we've got our panels back. We heard your guys' argument. I think you guys uh, made some really interesting points. Um, I don't know how much you guys heard, but probably not much because you were too busy discussing things. So uh, we'll leave it to you guys. And um, who start? who's the first debater to introduce themselves tonight? I introduce first. You? Okay, great. So why don't we do, you guys start with your closing argument. We'll go to you guys, and then we'll take it to vote. One person presents. One person presents. Cool. All right. 
the purity of multiplayer comes from connecting with others, people must first have access to others with which to connect. We're so lucky in New York. Uh, it's easy to, to connect with other like-minded people, but just because it's easy here doesn't mean it's easy everywhere. Uh, putting aside all the implications from our opponent's argument, it simply isn't true. Uh, you don't need physical presence to feel connect true connections with other players. All right. Short and sweet, I love it. Whoa. Can you play a chair, boy? Awesome. Yeah, no worries, man. All right, for the motion. Okay. Uh, this is fun. Thank you, guys. Um, so uh, the, the, the purest form of multiplayer is, is local multiplayer. That's, that is our argument, that we are, we are in favor of that, that, that um, multiplayer is inherently about other people and that nothing can um, replicate that experience of, of being with another person. We can mediate it. We can make it, we can make it better. We can reduce barriers. Uh, we can get there almost, but anytime we do that, we're introducing another element. We're, we're diluting the purity of it. We're mediating it in some, some way. Um, and um, that, that the, the thing that we're trying to do is, is actually get into someone else's head. Even if it's, if it's a single player game, we want to we wanna know what, how this person designed it. Or if it's a, if it's a book or a movie, we want to try to understand the director's motivation or the authors, how they made those characters. Or, um, or if it's a game, it's like, why did you make that decision? And, and the, the, the further that we get from being close to that person's mind and seeing their motivation and the day to day we get back from that person to help us understand that, um, the further that we get away from that, that experience of, of, of sharing a mind. So we just feel that um, in terms of the question of purity, which is not a value judgment, it's just a statement of, of, of what it is, of kind of quality, uh, we feel that local multiplayer um, is, um, is, a, is a pure form of player. And, and also that, um, that, that from the beginning it's been like this, that Tennis for Two and, and Space War, like those, those, the earliest video games and the earliest non-digital games, these have all been experiences of, of local multiplayer. And um, that's, that, that, is our, that is our position. Awesome. Round of applause for Tennis. Okay, so those of you who were here at the beginning for the, for the initial voting, you know what to do. Hop onto Twitter and tweet at us whether you are for or against the motion. And whichever team manages to sway the most or maintain, you know, whatever, the most sway is the winning team. Cool. I had so many arguments against Tennis for Two, and I was waiting for you guys to say <laughs> <laughs> That was my, my trump card. I pulled it out of the... What else is card for bring up the first multiplayer game, and... and uh, it's just all notes just say Tennis for Two over and over again. Yeah, but you can't argue Space War, Space War. Never saw Space War. I mean, yeah, but I wasn't arguing I thought Tennis for Two was the first game because Space War was in 1962 and Tennis for Two was 1958 because yeah, I had yeah, so many right. <laughs> <laughs> that I never got to use. <laughs> what was it? What was the argument against? Well, we're getting our, our oh, votes yeah, here. Okay, so I guess we can talk about that. So wait, wait, wait! Like, they got to vote first. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Is anybody still voting? We'll talk in the back. All right, all right. Okay, we still got some votes out. So yeah. Are going through? Oh really? There's there's bad service. I'm getting. I'm having a hard time too. Oh man, I've got some tweets. <laughs> okay, 53 minutes ago. Okay, Chris, are you looking at it? Can you tally it? I gotta get on the playbook. <laughs> okay, let me tally this. Let me tally this. You guys, you guys can uh, debate on. Discuss on. Sorry, this is like a really wonky part. Well, anyway, of this. <laughs> what I was gonna say is like. Uh, 
I, I looked into like lots of dates because I figured like time would be uh, important and how like you know 1958 was really like the start of gaming right and like this the first multiplayer game was in 1958 Tennis for Two, uh, but like the first online game was actually 1978, which is kind of interesting. Uh, although still at the time like up until uh, the late 80s early 90s the general public really didn't have internet access right. so like it even almost predates like public access to the internet uh, it was like even in 1971 I mean only uh, seven years before this 15 sites had the internet right and they're all major universities with no public access still so like as soon as the internet was or people were able to game on the internet uh, it was right there like right away people were like all right let's let's play games on this thing right i mean at the same time like uh it was mostly college students who were making games right, right. <laughs> so they were also the ones who were playing them and ac had access to the internet so developers like they it seems like oh <laughs> uh, yeah totally <laughs> completely right are you doing it the, Dylan, yeah i'm doing it as well this is okay we can double check it connecting with creators right. but i'd actually say that crafting with creators is almost never local like twitch Except for, like, a handful yeah. of human beings who have the, the opportunity to connect with the creator. Oh, I didn't mean actually connecting with them, like, shaking their hand. I mean, I mean but no, more, even like, connecting, more like... Connecting with them <laughs> mentally has far more in common with connecting with a person over the internet than it does having them in person. Because really what you're dealing with is an avatar of the person that you're conjuring up without any graphics. You're conjuring sure. it up in your brain. Um, that, that is almost the purest form of distributed gaming. I think Dylan was using that as a segue to talk about getting into the, the mind of his opponent, which maybe he missed, uh, or maybe he didn't stay as, as hard as he should have. Yeah. But uh, we, we were talking about games as an art form, but also play as an art form, right? And sure. like um, getting into the mind of your opponent and sort of, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like understanding uh, like ex excellence in play. Sure. I mean, I. I agree with that as a segue. I think it's a very good segue, frankly. Um, I just think it's a segue for our side. Um, because, because I think, you know, if, if you're going to posit that you can connect with, you know, essentially an avatar of someone who you value very deeply as a creator um, through no real interface with that individual in a physical space, um, that is the strongest argument or one of the strongest arguments I can think of for the ability to do so with other players. Um, so I'm going to interject here really quick. Um, we've got seven votes before the debate and four after the debate. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is it not, you're not getting connection? Okay, so for those of you who voted at the beginning but weren't able to get your vote in at the end, what are your votes? I'm not sure if I got my vote in at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I've got... I've okay, got hold on. Let me read the handles. Are you retelling? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go on handles. Okay. No, Oxford uses Twitter because yeah. Twitter's the purest form. Twitter, yeah. um, <laughs> 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 this is worked before. Yeah. So, so I was watching uh, this online play, and it was uh, it was these two Rocket League players who have never met, and they didn't even talk. And one was in the UK, and one was in South Korea, and they just knew what the other person would do, and they just played perfectly. And it was one of them live streaming and talking. He's like, "Oh, I see what he's gonna do. He's gonna do this." And then the other player goes just does it, and he goes, and it's like they've been playing together so long, forever, yeah, that they just understand what the other person is doing, even though it's like. Yeah. 
And then you voted for him because his, his phone wasn't working. Right. Yeah, I got so it. Got you it. got that one too? I, yeah, I have the proper amount of votes via present. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, there's probably like eight more going to show up. <laughs> I think this is, so the first debate we did was boss fights are dead. And I think it was a lot more, or it, there was a lot more of a variance. I think this is kind of 50-50 this time around. Interesting. Yeah. A lot of people swapped last time. Yeah. A lot of people swapped last time. Were boss fights dead or not? Boss fights, so most people came in thinking boss fights are not dead. Oh, and, and they walked out definitely saying boss, boss, boss fights are dead. Yeah. There were some very... There were some very, very interesting points about what constitutes a boss fight. Um, like, conceptually, are all the things that we want to think are boss battles actually boss battles, and what are the fundamental but building blocks? Dark, but I would argue so, what if everything's a boss battle? Is nothing a boss battle? No, I would think <laughs> yes. yes. so, so, like, so like Titan Soul is, or like Shadow of the Colossus, that's just, yeah, yeah. there's no that's boss that's battles that's in that game? There are so, no yeah. Boss yeah. Battles. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because they're only boss battles. <laughs> right, so I would argue that in that experience, I, my, my experience was that the more that a team tries to reframe the terms of the debate, or argue what the context of, of it means, the, the, the weaker the, the, we, no, the, weaker the, the argument looks. Yeah. yeah, because it, it appears as though you're kind of scrambling to like yeah. reframe it. Trying to put it positively. It takes like spin. Right, because what we were able to do, because I was actually on the, the side that won, and we, we, we basically, the two, two things that I think were, had the biggest sway were that if you look at Steam, and you look at like the most played games on Steam, like two of them have boss fights in them. Right? The rest of them were like, there's no such thing as boss fight in them. And then the other argument is when you actually pose the question to somebody, like think of like 10 bosses from video games, like everything people come up with is like retro games, right? They never come up with like modern bosses, right? Yeah. So those arguments I think ended up supporting, and they kept trying to reframe it as like, like what is a boss fight? Like if you, like does the witness have bosses because there's like extra hard pills and it just, it, <laughs> it just really like, it really kind of like, it's, it's the lake, right? Related it's like, to like, the game because we were talking about toxic people and griefers and all that kind of stuff. And so I, was, I wanted to know everyone's opinion of a game like Journey where it's online and you interact with someone, but the game very severely limits the means you have to interact with them. All you can kind of do is make a little noise and <laughs> like look at each other. Okay. Let's get Diego's bucket on here. I was going to say, I think that's interesting. I, I think Journey's a weird case because it's, it's it essentially a single, a single player game. Yeah. That, that you have to just have to But I do think it's also like a really powerful multiplayer experience, and you do make connections deeper than a lot of other games where you can't communicate. But also, like, this doesn't really support the argument in way, but Chris Bell also has a great talk about uh, how they tried to stop creepers and how they found out how to people anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, of course. Mm -hmm. like a lot of like pushing people off ledges. Oh man. So Chris, uh, do you have results? Um, I almost have results. Okay. <laughs> From the, the lack of workable Twitter. What I, what I think... Okay, we'll so, I had, we had, um, at, we had opening votes from Stan the optional, date while you wait, <laughs> and Eric and Preston and Justin. We had closing votes from date while you wait, Stan, Haley, and Eric. So the optional Preston and Justin need to give me their final 
votes, and then I will have results. <laughs> so, 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 pause for four. Four. Okay. Who's calling? Preston is. We know what Preston is. Put that impassioned argument up here. As an RBS, it's an Amazon gift card winning argument. Oh, yeah. You got Amazon gift cards? Good, he owes me a book. That means that two people were swayed from four to against. All right, good job to our debaters. Uh, putting yourselves out there. Appreciate you guys showing up. Oh, boy. Uh, if you guys enjoy this, let us know. We'd love to do it again. Um, you know, I, I think uh, we, we always get a lot of signups, but I think people aren't quite sure what to expect from the debate club. So, um, but we'd love to do it again. Uh, thanks for coming. You guys can hang out for a little bit, have a couple more drinks if you want. Um, you got anything else, Chris? Check us out at Playwell. Playwell Code. We, we have a class on Saturday. We do have a class on Saturday. And then Saturday, come to Playwell classes. Yeah, we're doing a class on Saturday, and we're teaching um, art, art and animation. Art and animation. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the uh, debate. We had a lot of fun doing this and we hope to do it again. We're, we're trying to plan one here for the next month, but we will be posting these as part of the podcast. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a switch up in things that we do. We're trying to kind of get a little bit more consistent and have more content to throw up there. So if you are interested, please subscribe, uh, share it out there, spread the word. If you have opinions that you want to share, send them our way. You can either email us team at playwell.co uh, or yeah I guess that's probably the best way to get a hold of us for now you can definitely tweet at us um, but if this gets big enough maybe we'll set up like a subreddit or something or a forum and we can have the debates go on also feel free to check out our slack group that's a great place to join if you want to get in on some of these debate discussions if you want help in game development if you want to learn a little bit more about how games are made it's a great place to go we love having this community. Um, it's pretty vibrant throughout the day, and, and there's a lot of fun stuff that gets shared there. So it's free. Check us out on our Slack group. You can find the link to that on our website, playwell.co. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out everywhere. Um, we love having you guys. Anyway, until next time, thanks. Thanks.